From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm Ben Birkenbein. Ben, we're talking about Tarantino films today. That's right. Getting back Tarantino. To our, getting back to our roots a little bit. You know, the first episodes we talked about Coen Brothers and Wes Anderson. We're coming back to talking about movies and directors. We're talking about Tarantino. We're hitting all the white dude directors. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we are. We are hitting all the white dude directors. Um, I, I've always liked Tarantino films. Yeah, I have too. I mean, Tarantino was uh, definitely a part of the, the 90s, yeah. you know, which is like when he came onto the scene, that kind of uh, whatever new, it wasn't new Hollywood, it was something else, but uh, that new wave anyways in the yeah. 1990s, coming from kind of the independent ranks and uh, doing something different in movies. I, um, when I was a senior in high school, I had to write a thesis to finish out my, my year in high school and I wrote it on uh, Tarantino films. Actually. Really? Yeah. So, all of them or just one? All of them. Yeah, I wrote a th- 32 page paper on Tarantino films. So are you looking for like commonalities? What was the what was the uh, thesis the of your thesis paper? The thesis was the aestheticization of violence in Tarantino films. So like making violence into art. Yeah. It's very interesting. He wasn't the first. No, he was not. <laughs> and I talk about that. But uh yeah, so um, All right. I've, I've definitely, you know, delved deep into his films before and we're going to we're actually going to go through and I think we're going to rank order them, right? Yeah. We are. Cool. I think we should. All right. Um let's just bring up like the fact that he has written a lot of movies and he's been like co-directors and co-writers and co-producers. Guest, yeah, guest director. Um, yeah. yeah. And like, so like movies like, like Four Rooms or From Dusk Till Dawn or... Um, um, Grindhouse. Yeah. Well, the Grindhouse, I think he directed part of it. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. But Na- Natural Born Killers. Yeah, Natural True Born Killers. Romance. Yeah. All of those are not included in our list. No. So the, we should say. The ones that are included... We have nine films from him that are included in our list. And uh, the nine films... Are uh, are Django Unchained, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill Volumes One and Two, Inglorious Bastards, Hateful Eight, and A Death Proof. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And so. those are those are that he was the sole or primary director. Yes. Uh, I, Death Proof is like a little bit of a weird one. I don't. It is. I don't know if he actually was like the. F- I, I don't know. Well, I think I, I looked a little bit, and it seemed like he he did the segment on the Grindhouse uh, of film Proof. of Death Proof, and Got then it. turned it into a, full. a feature. Yeah, like spun that off and turned it into the feature length. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, whatever. I knew that that one was like a little bit different than the other ones. But anyway. Well, I'm hoping for some some heated debate today. Yeah, Joey. I, I'm really. Let's get back to it. I'm feeling particularly aggressive today. Oh, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to frighten you beforehand. Yeah. You well, know? do we should we just start, or should we talk about Tarantino a little bit beforehand? Uh, we could talk. I mean, so I guess if there is potentially anybody out there who doesn't know anything about Tarantino, he has uh, a very specific style, and all of his movies fall into that style. And I do think that your thesis kind of touches on one of the hallmarks of Tarantino movies, which is like the aestheticization, aestheticization, aestheticization. Yes, aesthetic as in. Anyways, that of, vi- <laughs> that of violence, yes. right? So they are often uh, violent movies, um, and they're always v- like over, like cartoony, over the top violence. It, yeah, it's 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 very stylized. Yeah, it's very stylized. So, so that very stylized, and I think one of the other things that he kind of shares, at least with like Wes Anderson in this regard, is like uh, really cool music. Yeah, yeah, played he, he over does. the top on like slow motion walking shots, he which we'll get into, music, and yeah. that kind of stuff. So it, the, I have to say, before we got started on the list, um, it was really hard. To, like it was at, at first, it wasn't that hard because like I definitely have like a split between his good movies and his bad movies. Yeah. 
But then, like, once I got into the movies that I liked by him, I'm like, this is really tough. Mine's kind of the same that I did for, I think, Wes Anderson, which is, like, I had some clear bottoms. I had some clear, like, jumbled in the middle. Yeah. And then I had some clear favorites. I have, like, you know? one in the middle, and then everything else is either good or bad. So you have, like, a, what do they call that? Where like, like, when something the separates dividing that. line, It's yeah. a dividing line or, like, a, I don't know, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't think of the term. But anyways, yes. Yeah. Um, so how do we... So, I also want to just talk about his style a little bit. Yeah. Um... One thing is, and I kind of, he he does not shy away from um, both violence, but also uh, he, the N-word is used a lot in his movies um, when it is appropriate, I find, which is... <laughs> when it is appropriate. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's not appropriate ever, but you know what I mean. Like, like when a black character is saying it, or... Not, or when there's a racist white guy. Or to develop the character of a blatant racist. Yes. Uh, um, who the audience then wants to see revenged. Yeah, and I, I think that like... He uses it a lot in all of his movies, um, and it's just—it's something that I've noticed that other people kind of shy away from or don't use as much, um, and I think it's totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like kind of a stylistic choice that he chooses to make. Um, also, he has very specific shots, and almost all of his movies, there's a shot from inside of a trunk of a car, or if it's sure. not, if it's not, if there were not cars around, it was inside the trunk of a wagon. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, someone's been bound and thrown in the trunk, and then people in- open it up and are looking down on them. Enclosed spaces. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and then another shot is, um, and I've, I've I've heard things about this before. He has like this weird thing with feet. So mm. if, if you look at his movies, there's always like a weird shot of like someone's feet, toes. Um, yeah, feet. it's really uncomfortable. Sure. Um, I, don't, I, I don't like it. <laughs> That's just me. I don't know. There's something very vulnerable about a bare foot, though. Don't you think? Because like if it gets ripped off by something or it gets <laughs> cut, then you you kind of it's visceral. Like you feel it, right? Yeah. Because it's a very it's one of the more tender areas of the body, right? Yeah, I don't even like thinking about it right now. But it's <laughs> making you uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. I don't like it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that I mean, he's got a style. Um, all of his movies kind of have like very similar dialogue too, in the way that people are written. And I also think, yeah, so yeah, the dialogue is definitely there. So it, the it's kind of this uh, kind of cool and stylized dialogue yeah. and there's also uh very much like elements of revenge yeah revenge or in fact i was gonna i was actually trying to come up with some classification system as i was ranking them like oh there's a very clear like revenge pattern of tarantino but then i'm like wait a lot of them have elements of revenge yeah right and so um we well, do we also need to mention before we get started on our list that you haven't seen one Tarantino film. It's true. I have yet to see The Hateful Eight. Okay. Which is a little I'm a little bit ashamed of just because I I do appreciate uh westerns. Yeah. Or like and and I I feel like you know that that movie has potential for me, but I just haven't seen it. Maybe we'll uh maybe we'll come back and talk about it um in another episode. But for now, let's uh, let's get going with our ranking, yeah? All right, so we're going to... Start from the bottom. Start from the bottom. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, uh, well, very clearly, mine, the, the zero ranking is Hateful Eight because I have nothing to say about it. All right, that's fine, yeah. So um, mine is Death Proof, I think, is probably his worst film. Actually, that's the one that I have on the bottom of my list also. So, yeah, that's your number. So one. why? Why is it the bottom? Uh, It's just kind of like... It's just like about strippers, and then they get a car, and then the car is trying to... There's, or not, it's not necessarily a car, although I guess it could be like a sentient car. Someone's in a car trying to kill him. Yeah, it's uh, um, uh, Douglas. Um, yeah. Yeah, Snake Pl- Pliskin. Yeah. Oh my gosh, why am I... Yeah, Kurt? No. no, Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, I was like, Douglas? Um, what? What? Where are yeah, you? I don't know. It's just like, it's kind of this like, it feels like really like weird and like kind of fetishy, and I don't like it. It absolutely is. And here's here's one of the other things that I think that we should say about Tarantino is that talk about residual culture. Like, 
you know, uh, a, a hoity-toity kind of uh, whatever critic would say he's completely derivative. And yeah. he is because he's 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 hearkening back to like the 1970s he, grindhouse I, films. I think that is kind of and I, I, I you know, I, I understand like maybe that's a criticism for some people. But I, I don't think I think that he's one of the only directors that's like popular out there kind of trying to keep that style alive in some regard. And I, and I think it's more of an homage than it is a copy. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, and I think that he's done maybe I think he's he has arguably done more for other kind of unknown directors yes. or filmmakers than, you know, uh, other people. Yeah, right? for sure. Because he does. He, he pays homage to them. He'll even reference them in the movies. Yep. So, for example, I remember uh, the only reason I found out about Sonny Chiba is because in True Romance, uh, Christian Slater's character takes Patricia Arquette's character to a triple feature of Sonny Chiba movies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the movie starts. It's yeah. a great, great one. So... Yeah, Death Proof. It's just it's 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 like gory, but it's kind of cheesy, and it's just like there's no real story other than like these strippers are getting murdered, um, and it's in the middle of like kind of no like Midwest. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's almost like Mad Max a little bit. It's like Mad yeah. Max meets. It's like hyper stylized, but like I don't think that that necessarily means it's good. It's just kind of like. That being said, I do remember one kill scene. It's like when all the girls are in the car. And, and uh, the tire, yeah, the tire like goes rolls over, the over face. her face. But actually, that one, um, what they, I think, it, what he does. So he's got his lights off and he's coming at them full speed, right? Yeah. It's a full speed crash, and then they show how each one of the girls died. So like they, the crash happens, yeah. Yeah. and then like you know somebody's head gets chopped off, yeah. and then they rewind again, and the guy like pulls the, the pull the, the the lights, and then they show. Yeah, the leg, the one oh, of the yeah, legs gets legs. ripped off. So there's like they just show individually, or he and shows. It's like really gory, and like it is stylized. It is like a stylized violence. I will say that um, the <laughs> the face getting like ripped off by a tire tire is actually like kind of funny. Like, I mean, in that, like a very demented kind of way, but like just because it's it's not. It's not done in like a convincing manner, and I think that's the point too of the scene. Yeah, no, it just and actually, part- there's like clearly like a rubber head that got. Like- yeah, well, and I think we were talking about this last night a little bit uh, after this award ceremony that we had, yeah. which was basically like we got talking about horror movies and how I like- was not in on this conversation, but oh, I okay. was sitting next to you when you were talking about it. Yes. Okay, yeah, so sorry, um, but somebody said, you know, we were talking about horror movies, and I, I said one, I don't like horror movies. I don't find them enjoyable. I don't know. It, and I understand why people do like horror movies. It's just not appealing to me. So, and this is this is interesting because here I remember now how the conversation started. So back when dating sites online started, this is going to be a strange tangent. Okay, we're going to go from Tarantino to like dating sites That's for right. a second. That's okay, right. but I'm going to roll with it. Uh, back when they they started that, so Match.com, right? Started up, I don't know, early 2000s or something like that. Um, and then around 2005 or so, I think it was right around when I was getting done with college that they they looked at the data and there was they're like, okay, what are the factors that make two people that make a relationship compatible? And one of the most uh, uh, reliable indicators of whether or not you will be compatible with your partner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is whether is how you answer the question, do you like horror movies? You, we've actually talked about this. Yeah, and it wasn't last night, but we have talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. and it's interesting. So, like, and if you think about it, it kind of makes sense, right? Because some people are like, I don't need horror in my life. I don't want to watch a movie of other people being killed. I don't want to scare myself. Uh, I like the comfort of you know sitting at home and doing fun things. And other people are like, I think there's like two other ways to watch horror movies, which is like you either watch it for the thrill, 
right? Just yeah. to kind of be scared or to have that feeling of, of horror. Or you watch it from kind of a filmmaker's perspective, which is like the creativity in how you portray certain kills, like yeah. right? And I think that's the that last element is what Tarantino did. With Death Proof. With Death Proof for sure. Um, I would agree with that. But I also just feel like there's almost no story in Death Proof. It's kind of just right. like, oh, they're dead. Or like, they're going to get killed and then they get killed. Which, you know, which is actually right. one of the things that that is kind of frightening about it, right? That there's no reason for it. Yeah. That's you know what true. I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, just some, uh, you psycho. know, psycho just wants to kill strippers. Yep. And that's a bad, like, that's a, a true badass character. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not um, really redeemable. It just, it's not, it doesn't, that kind of movie to me was just, just you know, it didn't grab me. And I, I think it, if they wanted to, like, get that message across, they probably could have done it in a more effective manner. Um, but for me, it was just, I don't know. It wasn't enjoyable. So All right. that's, that's my bottom. That's the bottom of my list, too. So I agree. So, well, and here's the thing is, so, like, the bottom of your list is, is zero at Hateful Eight. And Hateful Eight is actually my next one. Oh, okay. So let's, why don't we, why don't so, you so, tell me, without spoiling anything in the movie, just tell me what yeah. you didn't like about it. Um, So the Hateful Eight, I feel like it, it's kind of Tarantino, like, imagine he goes to his logical conclusion and then tries to make another movie after that. <laughs> it's kind of like, hit, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but like, Tarantino is just like, he's being too Tarantino, and there was no one to be like, pull it back a little bit, dude. Um, the first <laughs> scene is like 25 minutes, and it's one shot. And like, cool, sure. It would be great if it was an engaging shot, but it's not. It's introducing every it's interesting most of the interesting characters in the movie, but it's 25 minutes of them just discussing like different things in a in a wagon ride going up to this cabin. Um they have like this woman who has been captured, she's like a fugitive and blah 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 blah. And then so anyway, then they get to the cabin. I'm not going to say this movie is bad. There are very interesting parts in this movie. I actually this movie, to me, sits in the same spot as the newest Star Wars, which we'll get into um, later. Or actually, some Star Wars yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah, but actually, I think we're, we're a little bit off in our recording schedule. I think the Star Wars one will actually release before this comes out. All right. But oh, I'm not sure. Anyway, um, the newest Star Wars have the same... They're, they're totally different movies, but like there are great scenes in both of those movies, but I don't think that they're good movies. Okay. Um, if that makes sense. There are some but, really good characters. There's some really interesting scenes. But overall, I don't like it. And here's why: is Hateful Eight is this whodunit, right? Um, and it's sure. like this, like, oh, like, what's the mystery? Like, there's a bunch of people all in a cabin, you know, who killed who, who, who did this, who did that? And I, I don't want, I, I can't, I don't want to say anything about spoiling it. But basically, like, it's really disappointing whodunit because okay. it's like with the whodunit, like, you want to be able to like kind of see it, like, you like want to be able to go back and rewatch it and be like, oh my god, how did I miss that? But this is just like, there's no way. Like you would have known. Like okay. it's just kind of dumb the way they do it, in my opinion. Um, I also think that it's way too long. It's like three hours. It is beautifully shot. There are really beautiful scenes in this movie. The snow is amazing. This all all like in stuck inside this cabin is amazing. Um, but but I don't know. There are characters in here that could have been more developed that weren't, and the characters that were developed ended up being disappointing in my opinion. So it's interesting that you talk about a few things that I would say, because like I said, I like, I enjoy Westerns. Yes, right. it is very much a Western. And like the long shot to start the movie is very much an homage to, so say for example, Sergio Leone. Yeah. Right? yeah. And Once Upon a Time in the West, good, good which is like idea. no dialogue, 
15 there minutes. There is dialogue in this. 15 though. to 20 minutes of nothing, and you you he, and he's still able to to create an atmosphere, right, of like tension, and then a train arrives. It's just dudes waiting for a train, right, and then the train arrives yeah. and off off rolls the movie. Yeah, so good, so good. The there's no. I guess they're trying to build tension in the beginning of this movie, but it's just all these characters discussing like different things. And I don't know. And the end of the movie is like the most quintessential like aestheticization of violence kind of thing. But like it gets a bit much. It's like I would say probably the last third of the movie is like I don't know. It's not even like aestheticization of violence as much as it's like it's just like vomiting blood and like picking people's brains out of your hair and like it's just like oh my god like I get it like it's ridiculous though okay. and like like at first it's almost like comical but then it gets like it goes beyond that for me and it's just like I don't know man this gets a little gross and like it's just ah this is not that enjoyable it's kind of it, like too, in, it's way too long too the movie's way too long it's kind of like in Hannibal like when he opens up the I don't yeah. know did you see Hannibal I have watched Hannibal yeah. not, uh, not a lot I've only open, seen like one or two he's like opens up the guy's head and eats his brain or yeah, whatever like yeah <laughs> while he's sitting at the table yeah. which is a little uh, yeah it's kind of <laughs> no it really is the, the end of the movie is kind of like that yeah. I also made the mistake of when I went to see this movie I went with a couple of friends who had never seen a Tarantino film before. Oh, really? And they were like, well, "How would that? How'd that go over?" They, they were very upset with me, especially because <laughs> I have a couple of friends from Bangladesh, and so these are these are some small Bengal, uh, Bengali girls. And yeah, they They're were like, like what, "What is happening? What did you take me?" They were very upset with me, but um, maybe they were expecting like uh, you know, like our, what a, our episode with Nisha, right? They yeah. want just like Bollywood. They want um, Baghi too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Farah, I'm very sorry uh, that I took you to see that movie. I hope that you can forgive me. But um, yeah, it, I, I don't know. Um, All right, well, let's roll on yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's, it's, you know, it's bottom hard to list, talk about. And it. I don't want to, you know what, quite frankly, I will watch it. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it. All you. right, so what's your number three? Your number three worst. Uh, well, <laughs> this is interesting. And now I think this is where we're going to start to get into some debates. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, it's, uh, okay, I'll just say it. Uh, Kill Bill Volume 2. Same. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, here's here's why. But okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, wow. So maybe it's not this one. <laughs> maybe it's not this one. But I'm sure very soon I'm I want to be aggressive and I want to argue. All right. Okay. Sure. But uh, I think the only reason that I put this on there, uh, I love the Kill Bill movies. I right? don't. So. All right. Well, fine. Cool. Okay. So well, let's, no, so let's, let's just let's withhold. Is good. This is good. But I also think that um, this one was a little bit less memorable for some reason. And I was trying to think, and in fact, I had to go back and look at some of the scenes. I was like, yeah, that's good, but I just remember liking Kill Bill Volume 1 Kill much Bill more. Kill Bill Volume 1 has more style. Well... I, I genuinely think see, that. See, but here's the, here's the thing, like, though. 2 has style, too. I got you, but... But but here's the thing that kind of bothers me, is that number 2 also has the scene, you know, where she seeks out the kind of, like, uh, master. I think it's... Yeah, uh, Bill. Pi, no, Pai Mei. Oh, oh or whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pai Mei. Which is so good because it's straight out of like a Shaw Brothers movie, yeah. Run Run Shaw, which we should, man, I would love to do an episode on the Shaw Brothers and okay. to talk about those. I don't know those. them very much. So. Oh, oh my gosh. We're going to have to do like, you know, another martial arts episode. Sure. We'll do martial arts and sure. I've actually got an idea for a guest, so I'm going to write that down. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so good. Like that scene, it's just, and I wanted to like that and I wanted to like it so much. Uh, but I just felt like, you know, it was a continuation off of what Kill Bill Volume 1 did. Great story, all that stuff. I love the, the the stylized nature of it, but just not as memorable as some of the others, I thought. Yeah, I, um, 
it's very forgettable movie for me. It really is the second volume of Kill Bill. Um, I I also just in general don't actually like the Kill Bill movies that much. Um, I I I, I like the story that Tarantino has in most of his movies, and Kill Bill is like it's super simple, and like that's fine. Like I don't think movies are necessarily bad because they have a simple plot, but it didn't grab me. I don't know. Like the revenge plot is interesting, sure. But I don't know, like, it was just kind of like, it moved scene to scene, and it didn't feel like a coherent, there was no story, there was no character development, it was just this girl. No, 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 period. All right. No. That's what, that's how you feel about it? This is the aggression coming out. Yeah. There is absolute character development. I mean, we follow, um, what's, what's, yeah, the bride, Uma Thurman's character, the bride, through this whole debacle, and then the whole thing is her developing, right, to get back at Bill, to get revenge. Yeah. She's literally buried alive. Yeah, yeah, and, like, I don't know, like, I just, I didn't, like, find the whole, like... Wiggle your big toe, Joey. No. I hate, don't talk about feet with me. (laughs) I don't know, I don't, I don't think that... The story of Kill Bill's Volume 1 and 2 are uninteresting to me because I think it's just... A, I, I, like, I can appreciate from a visual and cinemato- cinematographic ele- like, view... Cinematographic? Cin- sure. Cin- cinematic, I think is the word. Cinematic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that like, they are very good-looking films. That's not necessarily what I am going for when I go to see a film. We actually would like to talk to a guest that we might have on later about like visuals and films and why they're grabbing. But for me, films are a lot more about the story and, and the... the progression of of multiple characters in the relationship and one the bride has no relationship with anyone else really except for bill who we get to at the end like and it has like it just like, it has tr- like the, the flashbacks and stuff i'm trying to think though wasn't wasn't like was her family was like her family not killed as well or something I, I, it's been a long time since i've seen it yeah it's been a long time since i've seen it too at, at her wedding she's shot by like a bunch of hitmen right but i thought you know presumably then at the wedding i guess it was a small wedding yeah. right <laughs> we shouldn't speculate if we haven't we if we don't remember the details remember but anyways I only I saw them yeah when I was in high school and I, I haven't rewatched them because I didn't enjoy them enough to um, they're like so there are really cool scenes in both of them uh, volume 2 is just way more forgettable than volume 1 for me volume 1 has scenes that stand out to me that I think are really cool and that's why I like that one more but mm-hmm. as a whole I don't think either of the Kill Bill movies are that good and they don't engage me that much because I think that ter- like Tarantino's talents come through better in his other films where this is more just like his homage to like other directors, other styles, and his homage, or not his homage, his his flexing his chops with like, look at this cinematography that I can do, look at these scenes that I can shoot and write, and like the very very detailed battles that are, and that's cool, but it's, it's not what I would go, it's not what I go to see a movie for, and I know you have this disagreement on a lot of movies. But wait, like, so hold on, let me just as long as we're kind of getting into that territory, anyways, did you lump Kill Bill Volume One and Two at the bottom of your list? Yeah, like, is the next one on your list volume one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. That's fine. Is the next one on your list volume one? No. Oh, okay. Interesting. Volume one is um, it's further up on my list. Should we just move on? Since we, well, bo- we both agree that Kill Bill Volume 2 is, like, third is, you know, is his, uh, what, number, yeah, I number guess seven. That, okay, so that's an agreement. And now here's here's where we can debate. Because all right, number next, six. Next on my list is Jackie Brown. Okay. And I know that this is higher on your list. I really like Jackie Brown. Yeah. Um, now, now, here's the thing. This this is where we're getting into the. Uh, I've now reached another tier of Tarantino movies. Okay, so I think these are again really good movies. Don't get me wrong, really good movies. But I was forced to come up with a ranking, and I'm gonna stick to it. Were, okay, I forced you to. do Now this. here's the thing. I I 
I also saw Jackie Brown uh, a long time ago, and I have not revisited Jackie Brown. I and think, I think you should revisit it. Even, even you know what I did in preparation is because I'm like I don't have time to watch the whole movie, but I went back and watched the trailer and like maybe like one or two scenes. Okay. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I would like to watch this movie again because I think I also watched this like in high school when I was oh. at like my girlfriend's house. Yeah. And so I wasn't, you know, I was watching the movie, but it wasn't really like. I was maybe I would re, maybe I would appreciate it more now. I, you know? I really think that you would. I think that Jackie Brown is amazing, but so uh, Jackie Brown is nice. It's a uh, it's his rendition of uh, kind of a black exploitation film to yeah. a certain degree. I won't I won't talk about my opinions of Jackie Brown until we get to it on my list. Okay, so yes, uh, and when we can talk about it at that point, also, um, yeah. But anyways, so. Pam Greer, amazing. Yeah, Pam uh, Greer. Is amazing. There's a lot of great. Sam, so Samuel L. Jackson. Hold on, I will say this. Ready? Yeah. It's Robert De Niro's best role. Okay, hot take. Yeah, it is. It's his maybe best maybe role. we have to revisit. You know what we should do? We should also do a Robert De Niro episode. Sure. Yeah, more white guys. We're just <laughs> we're just just famous white dudes in movies. Yeah, we'll just um, rank them all. No, I I mean yeah, that's fine. I, Robert Foster, also great in the movie. Robert Foster. Yeah, he's in the movie. Yeah. Okay. He's he's really good in that movie. Um, but anyway, I, it, I think it's Robert De Niro's best role personally. And uh, Bridget. Um, F- uh, F- um, Fonda. Fonda. Yeah, Bridget yeah. Fonda. Bridget Fonda. As well. Um, anyway, well, I'll talk about more about why I like it and why it's higher on my list when we get to it. Anyway. All right, that's fine. So Jackie Brown is there. Again, nothing really that bad about the movie that I can remember. But it's just, not, it hasn't stuck with you. But yeah, anyways, I've, I've reached another like, tier. I've reached kind, another tier. It's kind of like, I don't know if you guys remember way back in episode two when I put Bottle Rocket lower on my list because I just, it's been so long since I've watched it. Sure. I can't remember it enough to like, yeah. justify my ranking for it. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense because I, you know, and that's the thing with Bottle Rocket, I've just watched it more and it became, yeah. uh, uh, you know. Since then I have watched Bottle Rocket, it's definitely moved up. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so good. It's so uh, good. Bottle Rocket's great. Okay. Um, anyway, so my uh, my number, how many are we? One, two, three, four, five, After six. volume six. one. My number six is volume one of Kill Bill. Okay. And here's why it's higher than volume two and things that I really, really like about it. The, the animated scene in Kill Bill volume one is like, I just want that as a show. It's so cool. I right. love that. All right. I love it so much. Here's what I'm going to do, because uh, I feel like to keep the conversation focused, I'm just going to say that Kill Bill Volume 1 is number three okay, on my list. Okay, I knew that. That's, That's interesting. High. Yeah, That's high. That is high. That's now, very and, high. And, and because I, here's what I want to say about it, and here was why I think it was so good. I think the Kill Bill movies, certain, but especially Kill Bill Volume 1, marked a very clear transition in Tarantino. And yes. it, and I think that it's 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 like historically important for him, but it also like introduced. I think it elevated Tarantino to a and opened him up to a much bigger audience. Because I'm pretty sure that the Kill Bill Volume One movies, at least Kill Bill Volume One, did really well. Yeah, and actually, really probably was the reason that he got signed on to do other movies that we haven't talked about, which is like Django Unchained, um, Inglorious Bastards, et cetera, et cetera. So. Here is also an interesting thing, which is gets outside of Tarantino, but it's just kind of the way that we approach movies differently, which is that you approach movies kind of their significance, like not necessarily to you, but as like a like both for a director. And, and I understand that also you probably like Kill Bill Volume One. It's it, it, that's that's true, but it's also that like when you're putting together a list like this, you either have to agree on what the criteria is, or you have to try to account for all the criteria. So I would say that what you just said that the historical significance, blah blah blah. I'd say that's one element in it. And I also remember many more scenes from Kill Bill Volume 1. I remember 
liking it. It just like the soundtrack was cool, super stylized, as you, as you said, really colorful, right? Yeah. I mean, just everything was was really well done, and I love the the story and the character development too. <laughs> I think I really like character relations and how they develop with one another. I like interactions, and you have to admit that she doesn't interact with people in a developing manner throughout but the, the two it, movies. Right? I I agree, but okay. that's there's also something to be said for the for the kind of you know following the one person on their journey yeah. to to accomplish a task and overcoming oh I don't know uh, all sorts of 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 obstacles Ninjas. like like a bear attack. <laughs> yeah. In The Revenant, which makes it a great oh, movie. We're not even going to talk about The Revenant. It's a bad movie. Fired, um, up, fired up Friday. It's not, today. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I have moved past that. It's a bad movie. <laughs> if you think The Revenant's good, you're wrong. Anyway, <laughs> Kill Bill Volume 1 is number six on my list. Um, okay. Like I said, the animated scene is great. I personally don't like following one character. I like following a group of characters. I like following a character interacting with people and how their relationship with other people change. I think because personally, um, I'm a really social person, right? Um, I, I love talking to people. It's, it's where I get energy from. There are people that are introverts or people that are extroverts. I'm definitely an extrovert. I love talking to other people. I, I, I love going out with people and just learning about them. I love telling people about myself. <laughs> you know, I, I love the interactions that I get from other people. And when I have a movie where I don't get that, it doesn't draw me in as much on a personal level. Interesting. Because you, you, it's, it's true. You do like to share your opinion. You like to, uh, be social. And especially on this podcast, you like to tell people, uh, opinions that are wrong. (laughs) Like the Revenant is a bad movie. Anyways, Anyways, moving on. (laughs) So, um, uh, hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I do think that Kill Bill has some amazing scenes in it. Like so I good. said, um, I think, like I said, I think the animated scene is like one of the coolest scenes in like a great. Opinion. I want that to be a show. I would watch the crap out of that. Wasn't it? Uh, and I kind of forgot, but I think it was. It wasn't long after that. I think wasn't it like Samuel L. Jackson did uh, Afro Samurai? Yeah, also, that's right. That's I right. mean, it's a similar. Yeah. You know the the style is kind of similar, and the style uh, is really cool. I super love it. cool. Yeah. So and, and there's yeah. the one um, the one track or whatever. And I, I don't know the name of that song, but from the soundtrack. Boom, boom. Oh, no, that's, yeah, no, yeah, that one, that the, one, that's right? I think it's called Onion something. Yeah, so like that track, um, you know, I mean, it's people associated with the movie. It's great. It's just like, okay, this is going to be really cool. Another example of like really stylized and cool kind of music that goes along with the, yeah. the movie. All right, what's uh, what's next? What are we on, five? We are on five, yes. Yeah, so this five. is this is a turning point for me. So like the f- bottom four are like low-tier Tarantino movies in my opinion. All right. Now we've come to the foil, the the mid, the mid, the one mid-tier movie. Is this the one that that separates all the rest? Yeah, this is separates. This is the like good middle from the bad. C. Yeah, this is the tipping point, and I, I I I would say it's not a C, it's a B. No, I'm saying like middle C, like you know, because uh, like oh, a note, I you know, you, it structures the rest C, of it. Yeah, okay. for, for yeah, piano. Right. Um, no, no, no. This is like this is like. It's a good movie. I what really it? like it. What is it? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Man, I'm disappointed because I have the same one. <laughs> On this. I, I don't think we're going to disagree that much. Yeah, Kill man. Bill's, okay, I guess maybe uh, the Kill Bill might just be the one. Might be the one. Once we get into right. like top four, though, like I had a really hard time ranking but, them. So but, like me trying to justify that is going to get interesting. Well, but that's interesting because I had I have I had a very clear top two. I had a very clear <laughs> top four. <laughs> so that's what I mean because for me, uh, I 
quite frankly, this movie and the one next one on my list, and we, if you want to just... No, I no, no, just, no. Let's talk about Inglourious Bastards. All right, fine. So Inglourious Bastards. I think it's his... It's a good movie. It's a good... It is a good movie. It's good. But it is his... It is the tipping point between like his goodness bad movies. I think it could have been better. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie in any stretch of the imagination, but I think that there are definitely parts that, like, I don't know, bring it down for me. You know, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm almost regretting my, my rankings here because actually I think that there's, uh, first of all, who could disagree with the premise? Oh, it's great. Let's go kill Hitler. Just Nazi revenge, yeah, right? Just go awesome. out and kill Nazis. Also, I love, um, Brad Pitt is great, but also, um, I, I really like the BJ Novak is in that movie. That's true. Yeah. I love yeah, that. And, um, yeah. I love the, like the bear Jew. <laughs> like, I love that. Oh yeah, like the guy with the oh, bat. I forgot the yeah. Is, um, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot his his name. Yeah. Um, but I I love like the premise. But the thing that really kind of throws me is there are some scenes that I think go on a little bit too long, which sure. is arguably like like I should like the, that's Tarantino style. So get over it. But like for me, I don't know. The first scene I think is really good, and that scene does go on for a long time, but it's amazing. Christoph Waltz is one Christoph of the best. Christoph Waltz is He's really one of the good. best actors acting today. Really good. He's genuinely like one of my favorite actors. But but, and so that scene where he's he's talking to the Jewish people in their house, and then he he pours the milk on the floor yeah, and he's yeah, tripping yeah. on the people under the floorboards, and you're just like, oh my god, it's so tense, yeah. and it builds that tension so well. Unlike Hateful Eight. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and so that is like that. And it, it, what's interesting is he has these elements of Western movies. In a movie that's not a western. Well, yeah, but I almost, you know, when like that scene, example, for example, kind of reminded me it was almost just like a, like a, uh, like a counterpoint to the sound of music. <laughs> yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. No, I totally. Because know what you mean. it's like Austrian hillside or whatever, yeah, yeah. and then you know instead of like Julie Andrews singing and like hooking up with Nazis, it's like. You know, uh, or like really stern Germans, we yeah, should just say, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Austrians, sorry. Um, you know, now it's just like this other side of it, right? Yeah. Of like people being terrified by those people and yeah. being trying to be sought out, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I like, Christoph also does a great job in that movie. Um, Eli Roth is the, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the, is the bear Jew. And also, Eli Roth is a director. He is, <laughs> he yeah. He is a director of like... Dust Till Dawn, and, pretty sure. And really bad... Oh, no, wait, that's Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, no, no, it is. Uh, but he's a director of really bad horror films. No, but they're they're good though. No, they're not. They're bad. Um, like <laughs> Eli Roth is not a good director. <laughs> but um, oh, that's gonna bother me. Uh, you know, I because can I can't. Some of his movies for you. Well, yeah, because um, I'm just kind of curious. Like, I certainly know the name. Hostel. Hostel. Yeah. He's like a known like. That's right. Um, yeah. The Green Inferno, uh, Cabin Fever, Hostel Part Two, Clown. Yeah, but before I that, feel like uh, Grind- he was part of Grindhouse. Yeah. Um. Death Wish, The Last Exorcism. Death Wish. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh. Wait, not That's, the original Death this Wish. Year. Death Wish came out this year. Oh, never mind. Not yeah. like not the Charles Bronson. Piranha 3D. Yeah. yeah exactly. No, that's awesome. No. Um, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, he's just kind of known for like making I mean like and there are people that really like his um his style. And like I, yeah. for people that like horror films, like I think like he's got this very, very specific style that like draws people to him but it's no it's not i mean i'm pretty sure the green inferno is about cannibals in like right. south america anyway i don't so know so tell me more about inglorious bastards yeah so the reason that I, I it's lower is because of these scenes there's um there are several scenes with i think the girl actually is probably the weakest part in this movie um um um, um what is her name um is it uh dan kruger is that it no I, no 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 i can't no. remember it's to not. be honest uh melanie laurent i just mm. looked it up um 
she's like the she's like the French cinematographer girl. And I think she she kind of uh, she falls in love with one of the guys, I believe, but she also kind of helps out with their plan to kill Hitler in the uh, in the movie theater. But she has several scenes with Christoph Waltz because she gets captured by the Nazis and stuff, and she has to go to like this dinner with him, and it's it goes on too long, and it's kind of draws it out. Um, and the whole movie I think is like five scenes, like genuinely. I don't think it's that many. I scenes. can remember a few. Yeah, that's the thing. But it's also a little bit longer too, right? It is like yeah, it's like two two hours and a half, maybe, yeah. maybe two and a half hours or something. But yeah, um, okay. it's not so bad. It, it is two and a half hours, yes. But um, yeah, it's it, it's just it muddles a bit for me because it only has five scenes. The first scene is great. The scene in the bar is really good, where the guy gets shot in the crotch, and like they oh, have this yeah. whole like, and everyone just dies. And then the last scene where they. Spoiler alert, they, they kill Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, just the scene where they're just, like, riddling him with bullets is yeah. pretty good. But those three scenes are good, but everything in between is meh. But there's also the real brutal, like... Um, oh, the kill scene with the bat. There's that one, but then there's also... Isn't this, this one where, like... Um, oh, yeah, they dude scalp takes scalp, people. Yeah, yeah, scalp people. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bit disturbing. It's a, yeah, it's a bit much. And so, I don't know, the whole movie, like I said, it just... I don't I don't know what it is about that movie, but there's it, it never drew me in like the next four do. And should we get into it? Well, yeah, give me the next one. All right. Uh, are you sure? I, I'm, I think I'm going to upset some people with this one. Let's do it. Uh, it's uh, Pulp Fiction. You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Pulp Fiction no, is, I, is my number four. All right, fine. Fine. Why? This is really hard. So we've entered your top four. My top four. Okay. Um. Wait, wait, wait. Why do you think Glorious Bastards is a middle movie? No, it's it's for that. It's for oh, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, I, because it's it's not necessarily the middle movie. The, the, I was actually going to lump that one in with uh, another one, okay. which we can talk about sure. a little bit Let, later. I'll, 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 but let's do your. I'll just talk about my top four, and I'm not going like, to rank all of them. But I'm just going to say they could have gone in any order, and I would have been okay with it. Okay. It is so hard for me to give the top four, and I think the reason I'm putting Pulp Fiction here is one. Uh, because I'm a contrarian and I like, I'm kidding. Uh, it's because, um, I, I think that while it is probably his most celebrated movie, I would say. Yeah. Um, I think that it is definitely like one of his best movies, but I don't, I think that his other movies deserve just as much praise as this one does, but they don't get it. And that's why I'm putting it at number four. Hmm. Is that fair? I don't know. I don't, that, know. I, I don't know if that's fair. I really, <laughs> I, I also think that it's one of the more quotable movies. Oh Yeah. I think that it's it's really fun. It's, it's a fun movie. I um there like there's nothing about that movie that I don't like. Yeah, it's I, just that the other movie's subject matter for me was like way more fun. Okay, all right. For in my opinion. Yeah, and I guess I you know I ranked it a little bit higher. It's actually number two on my list. Interesting. Um, because I ranked it a little bit higher again for the kind of historical significance. Yeah. I think this is like peak '90s and it's peak Tarantino in and the I, '90s. I, I'm not like a and big. You hold on to the '90s. I think you can admit that. Well, I hold on to it a little bit because I, you know, I yeah, grew up. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so blaming like, you. It's not like a yeah, but but I grew up a little bit past that time. Sure. And so I was I was born in ninety ninety five, and so you know I, I have. Yeah, after Pulp Fiction came out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't have this connection to it. Yeah, I only saw it, you know, in retrospect. Yeah. So, I, and I guess the thing about Pulp Fiction that is great is like. It, <laughs> It it also marked a change, quite frankly. It was from, that was the movie for Tarantino, and, and, it, yeah, and it, it still was. is. It still is. Yeah, it's just you know, it, it did so much for for him, right? It kind of combined a lot of different elements 
you know, the classic, you know, pulp fiction, right? Those little uh, dime store novels or whatever that were printed on pulp. And, you know, you, you got really salacious content contained within. You could yep. buy them really cheaply. Uh, and that's what you get. You get, you know, strange guys walking around in suits, uh, yeah. executing people, reciting biblical verses. And then you get like crazy dance scenes with Uma Thurman's character. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's just a lot of, you oh, and then the description of massaging someone's feet. Actually, yeah, it was that, and then it was also that the uh, the not wasn't it at oh my gosh, this is gonna this is bothering me, but isn't it also that Bruce Willis's yep. character goes in? He's and, a boxer. He's a boxer, but he also goes into like a like a collectible shop, and the guy also collects like Nazi paraphernalia. Is that the guy uh, that he takes out towards the end of the movie? I don't know if he collects. He might. It's the gimp suit stuff. Yeah, or maybe I'm getting a little bit confused with uh, another movie called Falling Down, which uh, definitely has that. Um, <laughs> anyways, so yeah, I just think that Pulp Fiction is important. It's peak Tarantino. It is an important, movie. and it's and it's but but it also, by the way, it's pre Kill Bill, which and I, that's where I think like it, there's a separation. There's a very clear separation between '90s Tarantino and post 2000s Tarantino because yeah. I'm pretty sure Kill Bill Volume One was 2000 mm, or 2001. Okay, sure. Because he had been off for a while, like it was like seven years or whatever. Because Pulp Fiction was ninety four. Okay. Uh, and he, you know, that's where he was doing these other things, like uh, writing and guest yeah, appearing yeah. and those other. So, things. so what is your number four? Like, and like, do you understand yeah. like why Pulp Fiction is my number four? Like, again, it could yeah, easily be my number one, but for whatever reason, the subject matter is not as interesting to me. It didn't stick with you. It wasn't residual. It did though. It did stick with me. That movie, does, but like, yeah, the other movie stuck with me maybe just a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I, I I don't know if I could argue that point gen, like with like full confidence or not. Okay. But it's just kind of how I felt in the moment. So. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, my number four is Django Unchained. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And the reason I put it here is because, and actually, quite frankly, the reason that I kind of have it lumped with uh, Inglorious Bastards is because they're they're kind of similar like storylines to the for the most part. Yeah, and Christoph Waltz is great in both of them. Kind of a, <laughs> re, re, and this is where I was kind of getting at the like the revenge. Uh, the best parts part of, of the best part of that movie is Christoph Waltz, though. I, well, I, don't, know. I don't know. Jamie, I mean, Jamie, Jamie Foxx Fox is, is really good. So good. Uh, like, I think I think there's a lot of really the good music in that movie stuck with we more than and you see most most Tarantino movies like those and that's what I think is really nice about Django is that it's like, um, you, you know, that's the reason that I, I ranked it ahead of Inglorious Bastards because it was just I thought it was much better. To be honest with you, <laughs> it is. It's like a better Inglorious Bastards. I would agree. With yeah, that. it just was better. It was more. Um, it was kind of like compelling. Inglorious Bastards was kind of like his first draft, and then this is like his final draft. Yeah, of like that idea. That's what I mean. Like they just seem, and I, I feel like they must have been released like back to back, right? Or, like mm, in order. I maybe or, not, or like he made Inglorious Bastards then Django. Yes. And like. Yes. Am yes. I wrong? No, because you're right. you're they right. just they're, <laughs> they're right. similar. Sorry. It is Inglorious right? Bastards, Django, and then uh, Hate Blade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, anyways, that little run, I just you know that's the way I'm ranking them. Yeah. Um, is there anything like that you think uh, that Django could have done better? I don't know. I mean, I just um, I can't think of anything like off the top of my head. But so, I mean, so Django Django is my number three. Number three. So I mean, yeah, we. Okay, so we're right there. We're pretty close. Um, I, and the reason I put Django above Pulp Fiction is because I kind of liked the little bit more of a coherent story and a little, 
And here's the thing is like I love esoteric stuff. I really do. I love like the watch scene <laughs> in uh, in Pulp Fiction. I love the randomness of Pulp yeah. Fiction too. Like when he shoots the guy in the back of the car and he's just like, oh god. He's like, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. And they have to yeah. like wash his car and they have to, like I love that. But I, I I think maybe it, it leads to like a little bit more of a convoluted story. And like I do like when there's things where you're like, well, what does that mean? Like what's the meaning there? And I maybe and I think the point of it is kind of there is none. Like sometimes bad things happen or like crazy like off the wall things happen, and there's not really a point. Especially if you're playing with guns. Yeah, it's true. Kids. Um, yeah, don't play with guns. Um, <laughs> but but um, so for me it was interesting. But Django had this more kind of linear, coherent story. That I really liked yeah. following, and I loved, I loved like the candies, Candyland, the yeah, farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved this like just this evil southern guy, and I and I love the revenge in that movie is so satisfying to me. It, that's when he just when you just like just blows away everyone. You're just like yes, just inside the house. Like, and that, I think that's maybe it is because you know obviously the setting by de facto brings about tension well, right? and there's, there, okay and so then, there are these shocking sh- like scenes where he shoots people yeah. where like this i think this, this, this slave woman is getting whipped and he's just like boom boom blows the guy away and yeah. it's like whoa that was yeah. fast it was awesome yeah absolutely i agree <laughs> so i didn't mean to interrupt you there I just, <laughs> no 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 i and all that i i agree with all that and um, uh, there's also some really good uh visual scenes or some white flowers that he's running through this guy's running through a field and gets shot and like you just see the blood splatter on these white flowers i think there's some really cool Really cool visual scenes. I love. I like the Western setting a little bit more than modern setting. Sure. For me. Or the nineteen. Uh, 18. No, 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 no. Uh, yes, yes. I like that, but I, I like that more than the nineteen eighties setting of. Oh, of okay. Or, yeah. All right. Um. So yeah. All right. Solid. Uh, mine, uh, and then your number three is Kill Bill. That's right. Which I disagree with. <laughs> I think I, I've made my case. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. So now we're to our top two, and your number two was Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. So my number two, and I've explained my number two, is Reservoir Dogs. Okay, Reservoir Dogs. So, so that means your Reservoir Dogs is your number one. Reservoir Dogs is number one. Well, all right, Reservoir Dogs is an awesome movie. It's really good. All right, we'll talk about Reservoir Dogs in a second. <laughs> my number one is Jackie Brown. Yes. So exactly. sh- so should yeah. Well, and I think that was kind of seen coming. Um, should we talk Reservoir Dogs, <sighs> or do you want to talk let, Jackie? Let Brown? me justify Jackie Brown, and then we'll come to like right. our 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 logical conclusion, which is that we both love Reservoir Dogs. Yes, okay, which Sounds is good. really interesting because we talk movies outside of the podcast. Yep, we've never talked about Reservoir. Never, Dogs. never talked about. Never it. talked to Reservoir Dogs. It's a great. Oh, okay. All right, anyway. so give me give me the Jackie Brown hot take. <laughs> I don't know if it's a hot take. I Why is well? You've already is. made hot takes. You said not only are you saying it's the best Tarantino movie, you've also said it's Robert De Niro's best role. It is Robert De Niro's best role. I, it's not. It's not. So a, that's not. Ju- a, that's so justify a, it. <laughs> justify it. I love that Robert De Niro plays like this idiot scumbag drug dealer, and he plays him so well. And the only I like that the violence in that movie is Tarantino in its fullest, but it's by far his least violent movie. I believe there's only one death in the movie, and it's Robert De Niro just being an idiot drug dealer, like getting frustrated. He has no temper. I, I love this character of kind of just like. He wants to be more than he is, and he thinks that he's more than he is, but he's not. And he, it's a small role. It's not the biggest role in the movie, but it's great. Um, mm-hmm. But also, like, uh, Pam Greer great. just brings it in this movie. Great. She just commands every scene that she is in. It was super progressive for the time, which I think is unfair in my ranking now that I think about it because I am thinking contextually instead of just personally. <laughs> well, it was it was a little bit. So yeah. Pam Pam Greer was known for her role in like black exploitation films, yeah, exactly. you know, American something entertainment, and I forget the the film company that put it out. Uh, so she was Foxy Brown. Yeah. She was in um, oh gosh, what the 
There's another one, something about a. a anyways, I can't. I, I don't like to do that on air. It's yeah. like think coffee because. Well, yeah, coffee is another. Yeah, coffee is another one. But there was another one like a, the, like the, the. It's like the the. Uh, uh, it's a group of people like the the clan the 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 something or other. The you big know? bad birdcage. No, she's but anyways, okay, movie, whatever. Yeah. She's in she's in those kind of movies, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's so anyway. And, I I think that every scene that she is in, she just commands the scene and does a really so good. good job. So good. I, I love the story and the progression and like kind of just this build up and I love the bail bondsman and I love this like kind of the this. It's I think it's the only movie. There's a sweet love story in this movie. There and is. I, yeah, I, I think it's really the only Tarantino movie where there is some sort of. Like love interest in some regard. Well, Glorious Bastards has it with the projectionist girl. True, but but it's not it's not that developed, is it? Well, it kind of ends with them going off together. I mean, I think the most it's it's a it's a cop out, but I think the most romantic of Tarantino movies is probably True Romance, which he wrote. All right, yeah, but it's not. We're not ranking True Romance here. No, but True Romance. If 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 I had to slot True Romance in here, easily top three. I can't believe we've been talking for 50 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jackie Brown's great. Um, I, 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 like I said, I like that it, it doesn't rely, like, lean on the violence as much as other, as other movies because yeah. I think that, like, that more brings out driven. his writing, yeah, which I think is, driven. yeah, which I think he's a very good writer if you give him the chance, but it, it's just sometimes it's modeled in with Maybe, his yeah. very, very impressive violence as well. Um, but I think that this is a really good example of all of that culminated into one movie. Um, like I said, this could be number two, number three, or number four for me, and I wouldn't have been upset. It just, for me, I think that Jackie Brown has this interesting story that leads to a really interesting end with some really great characters, and everyone's developed really well. Samuel L. Jackson is also hilarious in this movie. So good. Um, as, as like Always good. Arms dealer. He's always good. So, yeah. Uh, that's why Jackie Brown's my, my number one. But Reservoir Dogs could have easily been my number one. Reservoir Dogs. Let's talk about it for a Let's second. Let's talk about it. Before these people go insane. We're talking 15 minutes about Yeah. Um, here's what I'll say about Reservoir Dogs. From the opening scene of that movie, it became unlike anything I had seen up to that point. What I think is amazing about that movie is that I don't think any movie has come close to touching it since it was made. It, nothing has come close to that style that, like, just, like, that grippingness that that movie has. The gripping, that's not a word, but you know and, what I mean. And, and I was, you know, relatively young, right? And, and I just feel like Reservoir Dogs, like, personally came into a, a spot of my life. It, it came into my life at a moment when <laughs> I was like, I just, it just was like, what? This yeah. is insane, Yeah, well, right? Like the, the like, I love that it doesn't show the heist. It shows ex- ex- everything but. Exactly. And it's awesome. I mean, it opens up with Tim Roth bleeding in the back of the car, yeah, right? Yeah. He's like, you got to get me out of here, man. Like, and it, Steve it, just Buscemi just thing. like yelling at everyone all the time. And so having, good. Yeah. And by the way, it has, um, like Harvey uh, Keitel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> certainly, like everybody in the movie is great. Um, and then just you know the one scene, and in fact, it was one of the first uh, posters that I bought. Yeah. You know, like movie-related posters was the slow-mo shot when they're walking to Little Green Bag yeah. by the George Baker selection. Yes. You know, just like looking back on the track for Little Green Bag. They are. That's the slow motion shot, right? I, I think it is. So yeah, I don't and remember it, the song. They're but... just walking slow motion, and yeah. it, that and was all like, in the same outfit: the sunglasses, the thin thin tie, looking good. Yeah. yeah, and then of course the ear scene. Oh yeah, unforgettable. Yeah, yeah, unforgettable. The torture, the torture scene. Yeah, um, oh. I I think that what's cool about that movie is it kind of takes almost a played out premise, even for then, um, with like the like the 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 rat, the cop. 
yeah. that's on the inside. But like it does it in a way that's really interesting. And like you feel for everybody in this movie, even though there are clearly like some bad guys who are just not like and like I'm not saying that like it justifies them being horrible people and torturing someone, but you kind of like you on an emotional level, you kind of relate to like this just getting frustrated and not knowing what to do. This like oh crap, oh crap moments, um, yeah. and like n- never really un- getting the full story. And like I think that that's n- never more evident than in that movie when you literally don't get the full story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and what you do is it, 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 it you'll see this uh, repeated in other Tarantino movies is you focus on uh, Fallout. Actually, it kind of reminds me of the. Um, uh, what did you recommend for me? The uh, the Brad Pitt. Um, oh, killing them softly. Killing them softly, right? Where you focus on the fallout of this of this action. this event, right? Yeah, it it is it is yeah. These are your the consequences of your actions. And it's not necessarily that like you have to find these characters redeemable, but you kind of want them to at least not suffer. Yeah. In some way, right? It's interesting. Well, yeah, and like, and interestingly enough, and I'm gonna take this to TV for a second, but like, you're on when break in Breaking Bad, you're on um um. Walter White. Uh, Walter White's side, like until like at least for me, like until, until like not. the last season or so. Like well, yeah. even though he's this horrible person, like you're kind because of, because you're the show follows him, so like you've gotten to know him, so you're on his side, mm-hmm. and like this movie follows these bad dudes, and even though they're bad, like you're following them, and so like you kind of want to be on their side because that's just how media has been presented to you when you are given characters. And they are like presented as like the characters that you're following in a story. You want to f- be on their side. You want to relate. You want to you want to follow them. And I think that this movie does a really interesting job of like questioning that in a bit, giving mm-hmm. you kind of this amoralness and also this 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 fractured narrative that just does an amazing job giving character to so many different people. And the the use of violence in this movie is important in every scene. There's never a scene where it's not like used as a storytelling aspect i i yes and here's the other thing i'll say reservoir dogs i actually bought the soundtrack on cd oh yeah and some friends and i went to a fourth of july celebration in madison wisconsin and to get there you had to like take a bus they had these free shuttle buses to get to the park and what we did is we had like a cd player boom box and we played the reservoir dogs soundtrack as we were riding the bus and people were into it Nice. It was fun. Uh, you know what? I'm disappointed that the only disagreement we had was with Kill Bill and Jackie Brown. <laughs> Everything else is basically the same. Yeah, hey. What the, let wh- let how- us know your list. Yeah. Email us. Yeah, tell us the list. Let us know if we got something wrong. Let me know if like Hateful Eight needs to be... Probably by the time this comes out, I'll have already seen it, but uh, maybe it's like... It's pretty mind, You gotta see it. Uh, a lot of my friends like it. Yeah. So. All right, well, let's, uh, let's do some emergent culture. We'll be right back. Cool. All right, we're back. We are back. And we found this leak about... Well, we didn't, so we didn't watch a trailer. No, there's no trailer, but we thought, you know, obviously we're talking about Tarantino, so we wanted to look up... There are two projects currently listed on his IMDb page that yeah. uh, are either announced or in pre-production. Yeah. One of them says a Star Trek project, which which we what? can't find anything about, Yeah. No. but that's interesting. Yep. And then the other thing is this leak that we saw about this movie called uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is kind of about... Like the Cultural Revolution, 
during the, yeah. the counterculture revolution. Yeah, right, during- yeah. So we read this news article, and it basically was like uh, it was Tarantino and Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. appeared at a festival, and they leaked just this little bit of information. They said, "Well, it's very hush hush project, blah blah blah." But all we can tell you is that it's going to be set in like the late 1960s in Hollywood at the height of the countercultural revolution. Yes. So certainly, all the things are going to be there. Uh, stylized kind of sex, drugs, rock and roll, probably going to be some crime, some intrigue uh, going on. So it has all the hallmarks of Tarantino or all the things that are there for Tarantino to play with. And at the same time, the title is probably an homage to Once Upon a Time in America, Once Upon a Time in the West, which are both Sergio Leone movies. So it could be this big epic that kind of builds out within that particular landscape. So Sounds great. Yeah, it sounds good. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I love me some new Tarantino. And hooking up with Leo for this one. For the second time. Interesting. Um, and so next week, uh, we're going to do... Uh, no no recommendation for next week because we're just going to be talking about uh, a one television show. Yep. We're going to do The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah, we're going to talk about The Simpsons. Y- you know what's interesting? Hmm. I, Simpsons have not been a big part of my life. I have not watched that much. So it'll be a really fun episode. I kind of... Kind of like the Bollywood one. Well, it will be, and I think we're going to have a special guest on to talk about it, and it will be, um, we'll get some different experiences and opinions, I think, about yeah, it. Yeah, for Simpsons. sure. So. All right, cool. So uh, this has been Residual Culture. Yes, absolutely. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow us, like our page. Uh, you can also become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash residualculture, something yes. like that. Yes, you can also um, email us at residualculturepodcast at gmail.com. Please do, uh, and actually, like, email us your list of Tarantino films, or or set, shoot it. You know what? Post it on our Facebook page. Absolutely, either, yep. either one. Uh, also, please rate and subscribe us on iTunes, or don't don't rate and subscribe, but rate rate us on iTunes. You know, rate, rate leave a review. It, it actually helps out a lot. So yep. uh, that'd be I'd really appreciated. Tell your friends, like, uh, thumbs up. Anything will happen. Will uh, will help. Yeah, uh, uh, our music has been uh, is uh, Finder by People with Bodies. Yes, I'm Ben Birkenbun, and I am Joey Lovato. This has been Residual Culture. Get into it.